I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We can come at this like tone low. Let's do it. Did I just date myself by saying Tone Loke? Did I really? Tone Loke. Wild thing. Fine. I just like listening to it. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast that currently exists in a smoke-filled studio worse than any bar you've probably ever been into. Welcome to the Pack Filler Podcast. I'm Pat Bulger, all by myself, in the studio. And um, when I say it is it is as smoky as a bar, it is. For those of you who have you know who are not in the inland northwest of the U.S., you've probably seen it on the news. Um. My state is on fire. Um, you know, yeah, the drought's been pretty bad. We're 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 not as bad as California, but we've got a, a ton of fuel out there, and basically a good chunk of my state is on fire right now. So um, I figured I'd better get down here and probably record a show because, for all I know, my house could be a pile of ashes. You know, is it too soon to make a joke about that sort of thing? No, you guys, it is seriously bad. It looks, I'm looking out the window of the studio here, and it looks like there is a fog. It's it's bizarre. It's like your neighbor's grill is just going over the top. Or a fog, or or like neighbors having a chimney fire. It's seriously like that. And it's it's horrid. So, God, I don't know about you. I can't ride in this shit. So I'm not going to. 
Um, but I, I do want to go on and, and on record and say it here before the show gets too underway is I want to say some, a couple things, especially out for my, my friends in, in Lake Chelan. I know you guys have heard on this podcast in the past where I talk about covering the Chelan man, uh, multi-sport weekend, uh, Chelan, Washington is probably one of the worst hit areas right now in regards to these fires. And, um, I, I doubt they're all spending any time listening to me, but, um, my thoughts and prayers are going out with the people in Chelan thoughts and prayers are pretty much going out to everybody involved in any of these fires going on right now. And, um, uh, just, just recently we had, we had, uh, three firefighters, unfortunately, die in, in one of our fighting one of our area fires and I know this is a comedy show and it's about cycling but um, I wanted to keep those people in my thoughts and talk about those sorts of things I'm not going to put up some sort of a donation link on the website because that's not what I do but um, if you find it in your heart donate to the Red Cross somebody like that I, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of bad shit going on out there so um, it's, it's pretty brutal right now so there I got that out of the way hi everybody how are things going good Good. You riding? Yeah, me neither. Uh, big thanks to our sponsors for the podcast. Uh, first and foremost, well, actually, before I get to the sponsors, I, I do want to say uh, thank you for everybody for being involved in the podcast, uh, for rating us on iTunes. Please keep those up. I like to hear and, and see what you guys think about the show. I also... Um, um, forgot what I was going to say. It's the smoke. I'm just dazed out here. Oh yeah, the the ask Sir Pat at packfiller.com email is up and going, and we have one of the topics here from uh, from Ask Sir Pat that we're going to be talking about at the tail end of the show. So if you want to send something to comment, doesn't have to be a question per se, but something you want to hear about on the show, ask Sir Pat at packfiller.com is the um, email site for that. So there we go. Sponsors, as usual, Once, let's talk about the Sufferfest. Uh, National Day of Suffering is coming up this Sunday, the 23rd of August. And, and what, it's, it's basically the Sufferlandrian National Holiday, yes. And we're going to pretend like it's a real nation because it is in our hearts. Uh, the, the rule of thumb for that is that you're supposed to be Somewhere doing angels, and it seemed like a good idea at the time, back-to-back, back, which is about three-plus hours of riding, and and they're climbing-based workouts, so it's going to be harsh. And um, you know what? At earlier in the year when I saw the, the date for this, I thought, oh, my God, August, it's going to be hot, it's going to be nasty, and I don't want to sit in my basement on my, on my trainer doing three hours of video. So maybe I'll just go out and suffer and, and, and do something like that. And I don't know if that is necessarily up for the, you know, the Sufferlandrian, you know, national team standards, because I think a lot of the, you know, the intention was to do two of the videos, but I, mean, I don't know, especially now with the smoke as bad as it is, maybe I'll just, maybe I will do the videos back to back. Either way, I'm going to try and get out on the bike. Depends on air quality. Um, my God, it, it looks like Beijing. You know, when you see the footage of Beijing, and it looks like that here, you guys. It looks just nasty. Oh. But check out the Sufferfest. Um, go to our site, packfiller.com. Click on the Sufferfest link. Go there. Check out things. See what they're doing. They've got, of course, a Facebook page talking about all the things happening for the National Day of Suffering. That's the 23rd. If you're hearing the show after the 23rd, you missed the boat. 
other sponsor, of course, Elephant Bikes. Boy, you know, I got a little segment about Elephant Bikes I'm going to do. I was talking to you guys earlier about the National Forest Explorer and I have some photos that I'll get up onto the website here. Uh, Glenn has been building this this bike called the National Forest Explorer. Perfect color, by the way. It is. It is. Um, uh, it's. I can't say Celeste Green because it's. It's because that probably Bianchi, but um, it's really close to that color. And did you guys see Stripes, Bill Murray movie? Long time ago. They had the urban assault vehicle, the EM, God, what was it, the EM90 or something like that? Somebody's going to have to remind me of that. They had, they had an RV in there, and, and this, rig, this bike is basically the color of that. And I thought about that when I got the bike. Glenn brought one by for me. I got a test ride on it, and I'm going to give you guys a little review on it here. Um, and I thought this is an urban assault vehicle of, of the best kind, and, and it it rang true to it. Try to picture, if you can, uh, a cross between a road and a mountain and a cross bike. If the, like a road, a mountain, and a cross bike had a threesome, this would be the the weird child that came out of that reunion or that union. Um, a reunion. I get maybe they do it all the time. Maybe they're into that sort of thing. It, it is a it basically like a cross bike setup, except it has, I think, twenty seven. 27 and a half inch rims and, and decent size 2.1 tires on it. So it's like a, a like a 27, five, uh, mountain bike, but it's, it's got a cross bike kind of a geometry. And I, from what I, from what I've understood through speaking with Glenn is that it's designed for that, those kind of those gravel roads, those dirt roads, getting along those types of things. And, um, so I took it out this last week, took it out on Monday and just, it's got a, a bag on the front. In fact, Glenn included a letter on the bag saying, I'm keeping the bag on here so you get the full effect. Maybe you should fill this with beer and food and go out and, and have a picnic lunch with your wife. I didn't do that, but I did, um, I did keep the bag on there for the, for the ride. And so, you know, I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll post some of the photos and you, can, you guys can tell me what you think of it. Or you can go to elephantbikes.com and I know he's got photos of it up there. Um, I took it. On every terrain I could imagine. Started out on road to get to my trails. Got on some trails, double track, uh, some fire roads. I took it through some really nasty single track. Rigid fork, disc brakes, um, no suspension. I have to tell you guys, um, where, where did I write? Let me see what I wrote down. It is a mountain bike for roadies. Uh, there, this bike, I, I felt comfortable taking anywhere. The position was comfortable. The shifting was smooth. The shifting, by the way, um, and I, I'll have to check in, t- in regards to what the actual shifters were, not your standard shifters. Um, shifting was smooth. The bike handled great. I felt comfortable on just about every terrain. I'm not saying I was flying. Wasn't exactly, you know, setting any Strava records. But I was having so much fun trying to find different terrain that I could see if I could take this over, this thing through. It is a joy to ride. And I'm not kissing Glenn's ass because he's a somewhat sponsor of the show. You guys, check out this bike. It's a lot of fun to ride. 
Um, I, I, and I guess what I could say is after I finished this ride, about an hour and a half ride on my way home, riding up, uh, the hill, I live up on a, you know, up a hill. Okay. Um, I come up to a four way stop. There's a guy there, kind of a, kind of lower. I'm up on the South Hill region of our, of our town and the lower South Hill has kind of, you know, mid price range kind of rentals and stuff like that. And this guy, I pulled up to this intersection and this guy had the right of way. And so I came to a stop and he just waved me through. He said, no man, come on through. And I said, Hey, thanks a lot. And what he said to me summed up my feeling of the national forest explorer. I said, thanks, dude. He said, anytime, dude. And I thought to myself, that sums up my feeling perfectly. When would I want to ride this bike? Anytime, dude. And it has that feel to it. It was a great time. I had I had a lot of fun. I know I've said that about 12 times. Um, I will write up. I could write up something probably far more interesting for you guys to hear but try it out. Check it out. See what it's like. Um, if you have the ability to, well, just get online and look at it first and tell me what you think and and be open-minded about it. I would take this on any gravel road. I should have taken it on the Midnight Century a couple weeks ago. If I tell you if this bike were ever to go into retirement because this is the bike that he's sending out to magazines and shops and stuff like that. If that bike ever goes into retirement, Glenn, I'll take it off your hands. There we go. Sponsorships. For the show, out of there. Well, Road ID. Yeah, Road ID. I've got it on. Help identify yourself when you can't speak for yourself. Road ID. Um, there we go. Uh, U.S. Pro Challenge is underway. How's it going? You guys watching it? No, I'm not either because fucking Comcast uh, doesn't put Universal Sports. For, it, I don't know what the hell happened. None of you, I haven't heard anything in terms of what happened with the Tour of Utah. I had the first two stages, and then it stopped. It's like they switched over to Universal Sports and just fuck the rest of us. So I haven't been able to see a single stage. I've been reading about it, which isn't very exciting, but um, it sounds like BMC is having a great U.S. Pro Challenge. Um, Comcast sent me a, a, a tweet the other day saying, hey, you know, be sure and, and go to this website and, and make your, your point be heard on, in terms of what channels you want on your local lineup. And a friend of mine said, yeah, that's funny because I've been doing that for the last five years. Assholes. So that so I've been able to sit, and it's bumming me out. Oh, there, off my high horse. Man, my eyes are burning. You ever sit by a, a campfire? You get that. <clears throat> That's what it is. It's so bad. This can't be good. I, there's no way I, I'm going to go out and ride in this crap. There's no way. It's just. Oh, my eyes are burning. It's not good. I've been out painting my deck. I have a week left of vacation, and I've been spending it all painting my fucking deck. I'm trying to get a couple more years of life into it. Feeling guilty because I haven't been riding. I'm sitting here looking at my bikes right now. I know, guys. I'm sorry. It's my wife's fault. She wants the deck to look good again. She bought cushions for the chairs. So I got to fix the deck. I spent my entire summer basically with a sander of some device in my hand. Started with the hardwood floors in the house. I don't recommend doing that job. Now I'm finishing the deck, finishing the summer doing the deck. Had to do one of those ladder 
setups, you know, where I had, I had a ladder on a picnic table to try and get to some sections of my deck. And my, my 16-year-old son actually looked at me and said, wow, that, that looks smart, Dad. He was right. Probably wasn't very smart. It was a little wobbly, but I got it done, got the job done. Okay, so I've been writing down some topic ideas, and uh, Mark's not here. Mark's usually the guy who who comes up with the topics, but but I've been I've been doing some. And you know what? There have been some things that came into my attention, my small little window of focus this week, and they all kind of focus around the same thing: money. I want to talk about money. I want to talk about how much money are sports? When I say sports, I'm talking about cycling. I know there are triathletes who listen to this show. I want to talk about those too. How about how much our sports have gotten out of control in terms of price? And how way too expensive things have become. My dad's a big safety guy. And... It, He's been talking about these MIPS helmets, multi-impact, something like that. I guess you can bounce if you fall on the ground. I'm all over the place in your head. You, the helmet's going to be able to sustain multiple impacts that way. If you think about it, most of them are, you know, kind of have the at least primarily foam. So you hit once, bam, you've dented that area. You're not going to be able to hit that same area again and get the same padding. But this MIPS technology, apparently, or something like that, is 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 supposed to be, you know, help that help the helmet retain some of that shape or whatever, so it can sustain multiple times of you bashing your head onto the concrete. And he's and he's really into it. And he's saying, if you're out there, you should have one of these helmets on. I want you to be safe. This is apparently all fathers talk like this. I want you. My dad doesn't really sound like this, but this is how I hear it. And, um, and so he's saying I should go out and get a MIPS helmet. And I was like, okay, cool. What do they have out there? And I looked at some of the MIPS helmets and, um, I, no offense to you guys who are all out there in the POC helmets, but those things, I think you look like a freaking character from a Mario video game. I think those things look stupid. And then the rest of the thing, the time, a lot of you guys are buying them in colors. Like I saw an orange one out there the other day and I thought, did you lose a bet? Do you, we're not attractive in our clothes, in our kits. Let's be honest. Most of the time, cycling clothes taken off the bike. If you see a cyclist walking through a grocery store, you're going to think to yourself, what the fuck is, what the hell's he got on? It looks really weird. Is he his shoes on backwards? He's walking with his toes sticking in the air. It is not an attractive kit. So here you have on top of that buying a helmet in a bright color for more focus and more attention. See, I'm under the firm beliefs that helmets should be white. I, I Maybe I'm old and retro, but I've always had a white helmet. So you buy those POC helmets in those goofy colors, and it just draws even more attention. I don't know how much the POC helmets are. But I got online when I saw that Giro is finally doing one. I'm a fan of Giro helmets. And, and they, they have a MIPS helmet there. 270 bucks for a helmet. 270 And so it got me thinking. I started looking at some of the other stuff. 
let's just pick a bike, a Trek Madone, the 9.9, one of their, you know, higher end ones, not the highest, but one of their higher end ones. You know how much this is going for right now? Retail? US. Are you kidding me? I mean, I can't say much. I'm looking at my road bike. My road bike, I think I paid four grand for it. That's insane. I sold a boat and bought a bike. (laughs) I already had a I already had a road bike. Yeah. But I bought this one. Sold a boat, bought a road bike. I mean, okay, shoes, what are shoes? I'm, I'm going to go a halfway decent pair of CDs, probably around $200. You got a helmet. I mean, that MIPS one, 270 bucks. You got clothing, jerseys, shorts, all that shit. You know what also pissed me off? And I'm going to, I'm going to, maybe I shouldn't name the, co- oh, fuck it. I'll name the company. I w- I've been talking recently with Champion Systems Clothing. Wanted to design a, a pack filler kit. My son and I are designing it. We thought it'd look kind of cool. We'd get it all dialed in. And so I've been talking to him and I've said, you know, they said, do you have a design? And I said, no, but we'd like to, to work one out and, you know, and play around and see what we can do. You guys, it's $250 deposit they require just to allow you into the website where you can start doing designs. Their claim was, well, you that that'll eventually go to the kit, you know. So it's two hundred fifty dollar deposit. You're going to get that back when you order the clothing because the, it'll go immediately towards the clothing. Can I just design a jersey and shorts without having to pay anything for it? Is it some sort of a fear that that I'm going to make a design and suddenly rush off to someplace else? Oh, I'm going to Giordano. Everything costs money, 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 money. And just to put the cherry on top of this grumpy-ass rant I've been apparently on today, after talking with Richard Fries recently, a couple episodes ago, talking about bicycle advocacy, I spent some time sitting at the dinner table talking to my wife and my kid about the fact that here I've been involved in a sport. God, i got to get off this chair. It really sucks. There, I lifted the microphone up. Here I am involved in a sport that I've been that's been a part of my life for years, long time, really long time, and I I listened to Richard talk about advocacy and talking about getting involved in your community and talking about giving something back to the sport. And I said, you know, I've said on the show I need to do that. We need to do that. We've had multiple rants talking about doing that. I do the coaching for the club. And for juniors. And so I thought maybe I should continue to, to, you know, put my money where my mouth is. (laughs) Well, irony in that statement. And get involved in a group. Get involved in some sort of an organization and try to help give back to the community. Try to help, um, you know, get more people out on bikes. More, you know, get some of the road cars versus, versus bikes problems out of the way. So I thought, okay, you know what, maybe I should do this. So I got looking around online and bringing it right on home. I can't find any bicycle advocacy groups to become a member of that don't require me to give them money to do it. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Really? I, I have to give you money in order to get involved in, in making cycling a part of the community. Can I just give my time? Can I just give my experience? Nope. Got to pay for it. So that kind of pisses me off. You know, I don't have a solution to any of this stuff. I'm just, you know, I'm just a guy with a microphone ranting here. But I, and I wish there was one. I wish there were uh, companies out there making more affordable gear to get a hold of and to keep you safe. Why does this MIPS technology have to cost so much? Why should, why can't everybody have the opportunity to walk away from a crash and, and, and be okay and hug their kids at night or, or, you know, go to school the next day. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Well, there are bikes that are cheaper. You know, National Forest Explorer is cheaper. It is. I'm sure it is. But I think across the board, the sport is so expensive that it is just becoming unapproachable for people who want to get involved in it. I have friends who ask me, hey, my kid wants to get a bike. What do you recommend? And I look at them and I go, oh, my God. Or, or they say, what do you recommend? We'd like to uh, spend under $1,000 for a bike. And I look at them and I almost roll my eyes because I'm saying, if you want to get in racing, you're going to buy a bike. And then in a few, in a year, you're going to have to replace it. So there we go. Hell, doping's probably too expensive, too. My EPO costs too much. Tom Danielson won't sell me any testosterone. So there you go. Um, I asked Sir Pat. You guys, I did have an Ask Sir Pat, and it, it kind of came through a different way. It didn't necessarily come through the email, but it was a discussion that I saw earlier, and... Um, and I did receive one kind of similar to it through ask, not through ask or Pat, but back, um, in the, in the tour of Sufferlandria time, somebody actually sent me this. And this was one that, um, I, I think I, I brought back up. I dug back out because it was really similar to what this person had been going through. And, and so here we go. Dear Pat. That's me. They wrote it to me. This is before it was Sir Pat. So this is Dear Pat. Recently, I've been attending my local group rides. I am a triathlete and really want to train with other riders. So I thought this would be a great way to get started. Cool. Good for you. But I have a feeling I know where this is going to go. 
mainly because I've already read it. Unfortunately, the rides haven't gone very well. I got yelled at by a lot of other riders in the group that I was pulling too hard, and some have even told me not to come back as I am too dangerous. Oh, boy. Uh, what can I do to get better, or do you know uh, of what I might be doing wrong? Wow. Okay. Um, first of all, good for you for, for saying what can I do to get better? What, what am I doing wrong? Um, me personally, I don't know if I'd take that stance on it, but, um, but here we go. I guess I could say it this way and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to deal with a stereotype first for everybody who does. So everybody who does swim, bike and run out there, relax. I'm not bashing upon triathlon. Okay. Triathletes, you guys, and, or at least some of you, and I'm dealing, as I said, with a stereotype, and sometimes that stereotype rings true. You guys are technically not the best bike handlers out there, and there are reasons for that, okay? And that's, that, is, that is not a fault of triathletes. It is a fault of the makeup of your bike and the sport you train for. Triathlon bikes are, are time trial bikes. Your seat tube angle is much steeper. You're sitting more directly over the bottom bracket, which pushes you forward on your position. Your uh, The makeup of the bars with the aero positioning is not an easy position to maintain, let alone uh, bike handling. Many times triathletes, and I'm not talking about all of them, uh, some of them are, are, are new to the sport. And so you haven't had the years of getting comfortable on a bicycle and you don't usually ride in group rides. You guys aren't training for group rides. You guys are training for long, sustained solo efforts. And so stereotypically and typically many of you guys can't hold a line or a steady pace. Now, okay. I know some really high end triathletes who come from a cycling background who are out there all the time, who are very good bike handlers, who are probably telling me to kiss off right now. But in this case, I have a feeling this listener is one of those type of riders who doesn't have a whole lot of group riding experience said, I've been attending my local group rides. I really want to train with other riders. So that means you don't have a regular group you're riding with. So I have a very strong feeling you're not comfortable in those group rides. You probably riding in the aero position, which is not something that, that helps at all. You're probably on your tri bike when you show up to this event, to this group ride which immediately puts things into a danger zone, especially for a lot of roadies who are going to see that and the red flag is going to go up and they're going to be even more over the top. Okay. Heck, I mean, look at the time trials, the team time trials in the, in the grand tours. Those are pro cyclists. And a lot of times they're going into a corner in Greece and taking each other out, you know, flying Frenchmen all over the place, uh, all over the place. Um, so don't necessarily blame yourself. And and we also have to mention in here that roadies aren't usually the best at accepting new people. So part of the problem is that you might be riding with a couple of assholes who think they're two intervals away from a place on Team Sky, which is quite common. You got a middle-aged white guy, mammal, isn't that what they call him? Middle-aged man in Lycra. Who, who's been in the sport for a little bit, trying to live his dream, think he's a stud. 
has a medicine cabinet at home, you know, all these, these master's class riders who are actually doping out there. You show up a ride with them, and if they, if you know, if you're anywhere close to them, they're going to freak out. You know, steroids make you angry. So that might be part of the case too. But here's here's my here's my advice for you, okay? For you as a as a triathlete trying to get into the into that road scene, okay? Here are a couple things. First of all, bring your road bike if you can. If you have a road bike, bring your road bike without these cl- extensions. If possible, don't have them on your bike. You know what? And I see a lot of, a lot of people out there with the clip on time trial bars on their bikes. And I, I, I roll my eyes and you know, so I am kind of one of those roadies. I'll say myself, I do roll my eyes a little bit, just going, fuck it, just ride in the bars, you know, get comfortable with that position. You don't have to be aerodynamic when you're, you know, going to a fucking coffee shop. All right. Don't have the bars on if you can get away with it. If you have a road bike, bring your road bike, just your road bike, okay? If you have the full, you know, specialized shiv or whatever the shit time trial bikes those things are, okay, um, don't ride in the aero position. Please don't. Not when you're in the group ride. Ride on the cow horns out there, hands always near the brakes, things like that, Okay. Here are the three words I want you to memorize and repeat to yourself silently throughout the entire group ride. Keep it steady. Keep it steady. Keep it steady. You can do keep it steady. No, 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 no. Fuck, slow down. Keep it steady. Do not be the person that surges when it's your turn to pull. Rider pulls off in front of you. The natural tendency for a lot of new riders is to accelerate, thinking, I'm at the front now. I got to make a hard pull. And it causes this, this slack kind of a feel in the, in the pace line. Everybody has to accelerate, especially the poor sap who just pulled off and who's dropping back. The entire group accelerates. He has to accelerate to get back on. Keep it steady, Okay. If you're feeling strong, if you're feeling brilliant, if you think, oh, my God, thank you for those testosterone pills. Things are kicking in. I feel like I could conquer the world. Don't go faster. Keep the group tempo, but just take a longer pull. If you're feeling like, oh, my God, I'm strong, and the regular pulls have been a minute, two minutes, whatever, double it. Go longer. If somebody says, dude, pull off, then just pull off, all right? Relax in the knowledge. Bask in the glow of the understanding that you are super fit, okay? Keep it your little secret, all right? Especially on new group rides. You don't need to be a show-off asshole, but keep it steady, okay? Keep a nice, smooth pedaling tempo. Don't do the coast. Go fast, coast. Go fast, coast. Go fast, Try to stay off your brakes, especially in the pace line. When, when you're drafting behind somebody in these types of situations, you want to keep, keep a little gap there. So that gap can kind of be your buffer between the two wheels, All right? And I know a lot of roadies are out there going, man, this is rudimentary cycling 101. But a lot of people I've seen out there don't understand this. So keep that buffer zone so you don't have to grab a couple, a handful of brakes. A small touch in the front of the peloton is going to be a big handful of brake in the back. It just gets worse as you go through. Okay? 
Nice, smooth pedaling tempo. Relax. Deep breaths. Point out obstacles in the road. Call them if you can. You don't have to. I don't know why people are, are, are so into this car. You know, they, they'll say car back and that's fine. But I'll hear some of them say car left, car right, pothole up, pothole. You know, and, you know hey, there's an ant farm. Or, uh, hey, the milkweed. They'll just point to everything and they'll call out everything. That's a little much. Okay? You don't have to do that. If there's a big pothole coming up, you, just, you point to it. And then say something. Just say, hey, guys, big hole, big hole, or something like that. Something that, you, you know, so if somebody hits it with a carbon rim, you won't hear it in the back of the Peloton. You always hear it. It's always the... Fuck! You hear that... Fuck! In, in the back of the Peloton, and that's some guy who just blew a $1,000 wheel because he hit that pothole that nobody pointed out. Do that. What else? If things get going fast, I, fine, go for it. Go fast with the group. That's that's awesome. If you're on a climb and you're feeling strong and everybody's going fast and people are getting shedded, great. Stay up there. If you want to accelerate on the climb, great. If you want to attack on the climb, great. If you want to sprint for a city limit sign, great. But once you get to the end of it, regroup, smile. Don't smile at somebody like, I just kicked your ass because that's, again, roadies are a sensitive bunch and they tend to stick to their traditions and stick amongst their own kind. And if you want to integrate amongst them, you must be calm and quiet. Only speak when spoken to. Seriously, in a lot of cases, most of them are like that. So, um, yeah, just regroup once you get to the top of those areas. And you know what? Here's here's a couple things I'm going to um, um, say directly to... The budding triathletes out there. If you want to be accepted in a group ride, don't wear your arrow helmet. Don't wear it. You guys, I know they have a benefit, but they look fucking stupid. Okay? Don't wear your arrow helmet to a group ride. And for the love of God, if you have them... Have sleeves on your kit. Don't show up in a sleeveless tri kit. I understand what the sleeves the sleeveless are for. They're for running because you don't get all the chafing and swimming and all that kind of stuff. That's great. Not the place on a group ride. Have some sleeves. And for God's sake, if you do show up sleeveless, first of all, that's a strike against you. Second of all, is um you don't wear arm warmers with sleeveless jerseys because that is that is first thing right out of the gate to get you judged. All right? No, I'm sorry. You can't. No, no. And that's final. All right. I'm sure people are all going to say, go to the Velominati rules and look at all those, you know, the Velominati rules are awesome. They are brilliant, but I guarantee I'm probably in violation of one or two of them every so often. I don't fold my tire the right way. The Velominati rules are brilliant. They are absolutely cool, but I, you're not going to be in, in perfect, you know, Velominati formation every time. Look through them. I mean, if you can get some ideas, great. But, you know, Jesus. I think my socks sometimes aren't the right length. I don't go too long, though. I think they might be a little too short. They're not the little anklet ones, but they're in between, so I might be in violation of that one. I know for a fact I've had a little saddle pouch on the back of my my seat sometimes. I did that on the Midnight Century. My cross bike saddle and handlebar tape aren't the same color. 
the irony is I have a Velominati sticker on that bike. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Oops. And when I take pictures of bikes, sometimes I don't have the, the gearing correctly. Yeah, no, you do. When you take a picture of your bike, you should have it in the big ring. Um, things like that. I've done a violation of that. Um, what other rules do I break? I don't know. Probably quite a few, but there you go. If you, you know, and, and don't be afraid as a new person to a group ride triathlete or not. If you find you are riding with people who are just flat out assholes, don't be afraid to tell them to stick it up their asses and go ride with some other people. All right. Every group's going to have the alphas. Some people who like you apparently need to fill a sock with soda cans and, and beat them in their sleep in order to gain respect amongst the cell block. And you might have to. And and if you're willing to do that, great. But if you're not, if you're kind of like me and you find that these guys are pricks, grab some brakes, turn around. It's not worth it. This is supposed to be fun. You know, and if you're riding with people who are angry and, and are yelling at you for doing all kinds of shit, um, it's, it's just as simple to say, you know what? I spent four grand on this bike and I'm not spending that money to hear an ass load of shit from you. All right. And then turn around. Maybe somebody will turn around with you. Thank God you said that. I hate that guy. My name is... Jake, what's yours? I'm Pat. Nice to meet you. We could be friends forever. Let's go get a soda. I don't know. Okay, that's that's my advice for you. And um, in lieu of making things consistent, but um, they might be a little shorter, that's the podcast for this week. I'm at uh, just shy of 39 minutes into this bad boy, and I guess that's where we're going to stop it. Um, I'm going to go back out into the smoke and see what's going on. If you get a chance to get out and do the Sufferlandrian uh, National Day of Suffering, do it. Angels, and it seemed like a good idea at the time, are the videos. Um, big thanks to Glenn and Elephant Bikes for letting me ride the National Forest Explorer. Elephantbikes.com is the website, you guys. It's a really cool bike. I know I'm sounding like a total kiss-up, but it it was fun. I would have given it that review if I had never uh, spoken to Glenn in the first place. I make that a promise. I don't get paid for this review. I'm just doing it for a friend who's um, who, who makes a great product. So there you go. All right. Uh, keep the rover side down, you guys. Get out there and do some riding before we run out of summer. I'm going to paint my deck. Fuck. And then I'm going to try and get some riding in. Oh, you know what? I should probably mention, too, that I can't do that uh, the Canadian Sufferfest ride because my son's passport isn't up to date, and we'd have to leave him at the border. So um, I, I'm looking for an event to train for, and I can't find one. And the summer's coming to an end, and I want something long. I want something epic, but I want something I can I can accomplish by human standards. And um, so, you know, send me some ideas. You guys, I'm running out of stuff. And I can't take my kid across the border, so that ruled that one out. Shit. We'll talk to you next week, you guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.